pick up reading in the book of Luke, chapter 20, and we'll start reading at verse 27. It says, Then came to him certain of the Sadducees, which deny that there is any resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If any man's brother die, having a wife, and he die without children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. There were therefore seven brethren, and the, and the first took a wife and died without children. And the second took her to wife, and he died childless. And the third took her, and in like manner the seven also, and they left no children and died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife of them is she? For seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, The children of this world marry, and are given in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world, and in the resurrection from the dead, and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels, and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Now that the dead are now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed at the bush when he calleth the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living. For all live unto him. And we'll stop reading right there. So again, here we have uh, Jesus Christ. He's been approached by the certain of the Sadducees. Uh, the Sadducees, uh, uh, most of the chief priests you can read in the book of Acts uh, were Sadducees. But the main thing uh, uh, about the Sadducees uh, that differed them from uh, the other sects of the leaders, uh, such as the Pharisees, uh, was that they did not believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in a bodily resurrection of the dead, which is brought up here in the passage that we just read. But they come to Jesus and they present to him this question about seven brothers that uh, one died or one married a woman, he died, and in like manner, all seven of them married this woman. The woman dies and, and, and they were all childless uh, that married this woman. They said, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Well, as I've already said, and as the scripture says, they didn't believe in a resurrection, so they were doing nothing more but trying to entrap Jesus, trying to say, would God really raise a man in adultery during this, uh, during this resurrection that you people speak of? But Jesus puts them in his place, uh, puts these Sadducees in their place, uh, giving them the answer that he did when he says you you don't understand the scriptures you you err greatly uh, not knowing the scriptures and he says that the people uh, he says the children of this world marry and are given in marriage but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage so Jesus saying here that there is 
indeed an afterlife. Now, folks, uh, something something else you need to uh, keep in mind as we talk about this this evening is the Sadducees uh, paid most of their attention on the Pentateuch, on the five books of Moses. They didn't put much stock into the prophets. They didn't put much stock into the historical books that we have in the Old Testament, nor the poetical books of the Old Testament. It was the five books of Moses that they laid most of their theology in, so they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have paid much attention to what we read in Psalms about resurrection, or what we read in Daniel about resurrection. They wouldn't have paid much attention. So Jesus Christ here says, that's fine, I'll play ball in your court, I'll play it on your side of the net. How about when Moses, when he was at the burning bush, and it says the angel of the Lord spoke to him out of that burning bush, and he said, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. Folks, that word am puts it in present tense. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were long dead as far as their physical bodies were concerned. But when he said, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of your fathers, that puts it in the present tense. In other words, I was their God when they were alive in their physical bodies. I'm their God now. They're with me. Hallelujah, folks. He says he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had a life and life everlasting. And this part of the scripture that we were reading, they had it when God spoke about it to Moses. They will have it when we get there to be with them. It's everlasting life. It's eternal life. And that's what Jesus is trying to get across to them here. And what Jesus was doing, he was rebuking these Sadducees. He was, he was rebuking them for having more stock and having more faith in, in an earthly life here. Doing what, the, what we do here on earth. Yes, we marry. And yes, we're given in marriage. And yes, we have babies. And yes, we have relationships with one another. And yes, we do all of these things. But folks, that is not the life that I'm looking to when I get up yonder. Yeah, we're going to have relationship with God. We'll have relationship with Jesus. We'll have fellowship one with another. I'm not saying those things won't happen, but folks, I don't think when we get up yonder it's going to be much like the life that we live here. Amen. And that's what Jesus is rebuking here. He's saying, you're comparing, you're comparing this resurrection that you don't even believe in. You're comparing this resurrection with earthly life. Folks, that life up yonder, there's not going to be any comparison to. We know very little in, as far as scripture is concerned what our heavenly life is going to be like. We know very little about the afterlife, exactly what it's going to be like. The scripture does not describe it to a T because we know as much of our heavenly life as we do about heaven itself but I can promise you it will not be like our earthly lives are here and I thank God for that 
I thank God that there is no comparison. Just as Jesus was trying to get across to these Sadducees here. Just as Jesus told them, uh, told them uh, that it was a shame that they did greatly err. That they messed up not knowing the scriptures. These men, these Sadducees, they should have known the scriptures better than anyone. But they didn't pay attention to what Daniel said in chapter 12. When he said that one day there will be many which sleep in the dust. And some of them would rise unto everlasting life. And some of them would rise unto shame and everlasting content. Folks, that's Old Testament. Yes, but it's, it stands just as much now as it did then. They didn't pay attention to these things. They, and the Sadducees, their mindset was Moses didn't really bring up resurrection. We'll just stick with what he taught. We'll stick with the things that Moses said. We'll stick with, our, uh, with him. And folks, Jesus puts them in their place here. He says, when he said, I am the God of Abraham, and I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob, he was speaking in the present tense when he said that. Folks, you flip on over there in Exodus chapter 3. Not only did Almighty God say that to Moses, but he told Moses, when you go and meet the elders of Israel, when you go to tell them, hey, I've sent you, when you go to tell them, you tell them that the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is the very one that sent you the same God that delivered them is the same God that's delivering me now he has deliver, delivered me into everlasting life hallelujah this, that's what we have to look forward to it's everlasting life he's not the God of the dead he's the God of the living folks <clears throat> the the song that Deb sung tonight. I thought I thought about what I was going to be preaching when she sung that song about some of the mountains are higher, some of the rivers are wider. You know why lost people have such a hard time in this life? Now listen, I know these bazillionaires out there that we look at them, we look at their lifestyle, we say they can have anything they want. They've got everything that they could possibly want. They've got the cars, they've got the houses, they've got servants in their in their houses, they've got people to bring them food, people to bring them their cars, they've got everything that they could possibly want. But folks, why is it that we hear about so much suicide out in Hollywood? Why is it that the stars are strung out on dope or hung over every morning on their alcohol? It's because they don't have everlasting life. You know why they can't climb those mountains? Why they can't cross those rivers? Because dead people can't swim and they cannot climb mountains. That's why they're dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Only the living can do that. My God is the God of the living, and he made me alive. I know I've preached it here before. When God found me, he didn't find me struggling. He didn't find me in a drowning state. He found me already dead in my trespasses and my sins. I was already dead in his eyes. I was already dead spiritually, but when God got me, when he raised me up, he resurrected me into life and everlasting life hallelujah and when I got saved that's when everlasting life came into me Amen. Jesus Christ made his way into me yeah. 
Jesus Christ made his way into me by way of the Holy Ghost. I got Christ living in me. I got the Holy Ghost in me. I've got Almighty God in me. And God is life. And Christ is life. And the, the Spirit, he guides me in that life. He helps me over the mountains. He gets me through those waters. Praise God for that scripture in Isaiah that says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest across the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. That's my God. That's how he takes care of me. Oh, I'm alive and well with Christ Jesus. He is helping me through this thing, getting me across the rivers, getting me across the fire. I have nothing to worry about. That's my God. That's why I praise him. That's why I love preaching about him. That's why I like talking to people about him. That's why I like singing songs unto him. Because he gave me life. Folks, it wasn't just salvation that came in. It was life that moved within me. It was life that came in to a dead soul that was on its way to hell. Life moved in. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When he moved in, I got life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Neither can they die anymore. Mm. Jesus tells them Sadducees. Folks, when you really think about it, now I know how we think, how we think as humans. I know how we think as natural people. When we die, there's no life there. Folks, death to a Christian is not, is not a cessation of life. It does not mean life has come to an end, folks. That's just the beginning for us. That's the beginning of life. Like I said, when I got saved, everlasting life moved in. It moved in on the inside, and it's been in me ever since. When when I die, when this body dies, hey, that is not the end of life for me. And uh, folks, it ain't the end of life for my body either. My body's guaranteed by the scriptures to be raised again. My God moved into me. He is everlasting and my body my life and my soul will be everlasting Amen. Look, you flip just a couple of chapters over from where we're at in Luke 20 flip over to Luke 16 sometime read about the rich man read about Lazarus read about what happened to the rich man read about what happened to Lazarus he laid there just begging for crumbs from that rich man's table and it says that the Lazarus died and the rich man died it says that that rich man he fared sumptuously uh, throughout his entire life but when they died it says that the Lazarus was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom and it says that the rich man lifted his eyes in hell being in torment folks hey his life didn't end either the rich man was still alive he was alive enough to see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom he was alive enough to smell things he was alive enough to see things to taste things to feel the pain that was ridding his body he was alive folks death does not mean cessation of life it does not mean that it means we're going one, one place or another and we're going to live while we're there we will live in hell we'll be in a state of forever dying while we're there we will die forever and ever and ever in hell 
But that doesn't mean all the pain goes away. No. I, know, I know what some people say about Sheol or Hades or hell in the Bible. I know that some people say that that's nothing more than the grave. Folks, hell is a literal place. It's a literal place of torment. It is a place where the worm dies not. It's a place of everlasting torment. Like I said, the rich man, he could see things. He said, hey, send Lazarus to my father's house. I've got five brethren. Maybe if they saw a man coming that had been resurrected from the dead, maybe they believed. But what did Abraham say? He said, no, they have the law. They have the prophets. And that rich man said, oh, and if, the, if you just send Lazarus as one that had been resurrected, they might believe. He said, if they don't believe the prophets, if they don't believe the law, they will not believe another, though he be raised from the dead. That's another account of resurrection. Another account of resurrection. Though he be raised from the dead. Folks, Jesus was, Jesus spoke that parable. He spoke that. <clears throat> and I think in a roundabout way, he was speaking of himself when he spoke that. Folks, Jesus Christ speaks to an entire lost world right now. He speaks to us saved folks too, praise God. But he speaks to an entire lost world as one that was raised from the dead. Because he was raised from the dead that third and that appointed morning. He, he was resurrected and he has been resurrected ever since. He has been resurrected uh, by the Spirit, resurrected by himself, resurrected by the Father. You say it how you want to. The Bible says it all three ways. But either way, he's been resurrected eternally and he lives on the throne eternally. He rules eternally. Folks, that's my God that granted me this life. And I'm glad that he's the God of the that he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Now some folks will take that scripture and they'll twist it. They'll say, Does that mean he doesn't care about the dead? Mm. Folks, I was dead, and he came to where I was. He came to that, that lifeless place where I was and resurrected me. So yes, he cares about the dead. If you're saved and born again, he cared about you when you was dead. He cared enough to come to wherever it was you were and what st whatever state you were in, whatever moment of despair that it was, he cared enough about your dead soul to resurrect it. So don't tell me that Jesus doesn't care about the dead. What did he tell the one that came to him and wanted to follow him? He said, he said, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. Amen. Folks, if the dead want to continue on in this life, I'm talking about this earthly life. If they want to continue on their ways, you just let them. I ain't saying quit witnessing to them. And I ain't saying quit telling them about the gospel and quit telling them about Jesus. But folks, don't let it drag you so far down that it hinders your relationship with God. Don't drag it so far down that it weighs on your shoulders and it weighs on your heart. Hey, hey, cry unto God. You shed tears unto God over your lost folks. I've shed many of them myself over lost people. I ain't saying to quit doing any of those things, but do not let it get you to a point where it's hindering your relationship with God or hindering your prayer life, your communication with the Almighty let the dead go and bury their dead. Amen. God is a God of the living, not of the dead. He's my God. 
He's my God. Paul said in one of his letters that speaking of Jesus Christ, that he's the Lord of the dead. Well, that sounds kind of contradictory, don't it? That ain't contradictory at all. He is Lord of the dead. He's Lord over everything. Hey, he made it all. He made, He said, he, uh, the Bible says over in the Old Testament, he said, I kill and I make alive. He's the very one that determines those things. He's the very one that decides who lives and who dies. So yes, he's the Lord of the living. Yes, he's the God of the living and yes he's the Lord of the dead and the God of the dead he is Lord and God over all Man. these dead folks out here <clears throat> probably heard that scripture twisted yeah. he said well Jesus don't care about me anyway he said he's the God of the living not the God of the dead Jesus cared enough to die on the cross for that very sin of them saying that. That very sin of them thinking that. Jesus died on that cross. He died for the unbelievers. He died for those that halfway believe. He died for the prostitutes. He died for the publicans. Died for the alcoholics, the dopeheads, and everyone else. Folks, he died for all. He shed his blood for all. Uh, everyone has opportunity to have their sins wiped clean away and be made white as know that God wants them to repent. God wants them to be white and to be pure. Hallelujah. Amen. Just like he made me. Yeah. Just like he made me. Folks, he didn't make me perfect on this on this outside. I still sin. He didn't make he didn't make this flesh perfect, but I'm guaranteed perfect flesh one of these days. There's going to be one of these days. I, I I believe with all my heart, I'll be able to hold out my hands just like this. I won't have a wrinkle one on them fingers. I have a feeling one of these days I'll be able to look in the mirror and I won't have one single sign of crow's feet in my eyes. One of these days, praise God, I know for a fact I won't be wearing this pump on my side. I won't need these glasses. I won't need any of these things, we won't have need to make prayer requests for one another because we will all have perfect bodies in a perfect place with a perfect God. Praise God. Amen. He's a God of the living. Yeah. He's a God of me. Yeah. He's the God of you. He is not the God of the dead. Yeah. He is God of the living. Jesus said that making a point to these people that believe not in the resurrection. They believed not in the resurrection, even though it was in the Holy Scriptures. And these men should have been experts on that Holy Scripture. Like I said, had they gone just a little ways past, not far past uh, the book of Deuteronomy at all, the last of the five books of Moses, if they had just got over there into some of the books of Samuels and, uh, Samuel and taken heed of it, taking heed to David saying what he did about his baby, mm -hmm. taking heed to what Daniel says in the prophets, taking heed to what the Psalms say, taking heed to all of these things. If they had just paid attention to those things, Jesus would have, would have never had this conversation with them. There would have been no need to have had this particular conversation with them because they would have understood that there was a resurrection of the dead and a life everlasting. And folks, it's all throughout the New Testament. It's all throughout the Old Testament. I have no reason to doubt that resurrection of the dead. I have no reason to doubt that one day that's going to happen and folks, I don't care if you think it'll happen pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation, the rapture of the church, everyone getting their own bodies. I can care less when you think that will happen. My Bible says that it will happen. That's what I'm sticking with. Amen. We can debate all night long. Mm -hmm. 
over when that's going to happen. And everybody's going to bring up valid points. We'd have three different opinions. Every one of them had valid points. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It does not matter. That's some of the things that split churches. It's silly stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Silly things like that. Bible teaches us not to worry about mm -hmm. silly things like that. Talking about genealogies and talking about this and that. Folks, that ain't what matters. Jesus Christ is what matters. His word is what matters. Mm -hmm. His word says that I have life everlasting. That means when I die, I go on to live somewhere or another. God created me an eternal soul and I just happen to be wearing a body right now, but that soul is eternal because that's how God made it. Hey, if we didn't have an eternal soul, if Adam and Eve had died and hadn't gone somewhere, that would have made God a liar. Because the Bible says he created them in his own image. And God is eternal. God is eternal. So if Adam and Eve were created in the image of God, they were created as eternal beings. Yeah. As eternal uh, beings. And they were just like you, just like me. They had a soul. So God picked up Adam, that, that, uh, that figure that he had molded out of the clay and out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed into him the breath of life. That's where, that's where the breath of God enters in. That's when life began for him, folks. When I was laying dead in a cesspool of sand, it took the breath of God to breathe into me. It took the breath of God by way of the Holy Ghost and by way of the blood of Jesus Christ to breathe into me in order for me to have life. But praise God, when I got it, God didn't skimp one bit. When I got life, I got life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what you got too when you got saved. Right. We got life and life more abundantly. Now the dead are raised. Even Moses, even Moses showed at the book <coughs> when he called the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living. For all live unto him. All. Now, folks, <clears throat> I ain't got the highest education on the planet. But I know what all means. <laughs> I know what that, what that word means. He says he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. But all live unto him. God rules over us whether we're dead or alive. God, hey, these these dead bodies are buried all over the hillsides in this region. God, God rules over that. God, God rules because it'll be God's word. Uh, it'll be the trump. It'll, it'll be God's say whenever those graves open up and the saints of God rise again. God rules that. He rules those bodies. He rules the spiritually dead that are walking around today. He rule, rules the spiritually alive which are working, walking around today. God can use a sinner, an unsaved sinner, just like he can a saved person. He used Pharaoh in the Old Testament. Hey, he used Nebuchadnezzar in the books of the prophets. He used unsaved men to do his good pleasure and to do his good will. And we know that he uses his own saints to do his good pleasure and his good will. He is ruler and maker and master of all. Amen. Period. Yeah. For all live unto him. All live unto him. Now you tell that to a lost person. Yeah. You tell that somebody that has ought against the church mm -hmm. in particular you tell people that you know they felt like 20 years ago the preacher was preaching directly at them or they didn't like the fact that he looked at him while he was preaching or they didn't like the fact that he brought up hellfire and brimstone while he was preaching mm -hmm. and they ain't been back to church since 
Folks, God still got a got over that person. He is still Lord over that person. Whether they like it or not, they'll deny it to the bitter end that God rules them. They'll say, I rule myself. I'm self-sustaining. I take care of me. God's never done anything for me. They, they fail to recognize, just like these Sadducees. These Sadducees had the scriptures. They had the Old Testament. But they erred in their interpretation of the scripture. They erred in what they believed about the scripture. Those lost people today are no different. They, they, they'll say they don't believe in God. They'll say God done them wrong. They'll say God's done nothing for them in their life. But they fail to realize there's only of God that their lungs uh, their lungs breathe in air and pump out air that their body pumps blood through their veins that it's almighty God that determines if they get food on their table or they do not it's almighty God that determines whether they open their eyes in the morning or they do not they fail to realize these things but that does not make God not God over them all Live unto him. God will use them however he wants. Read over, I believe it's in Romans 9, where Paul uses some of the Old Testament to back up his case. <coughs> Romans 9 is one of the most debated chapters in all of Scripture. But Paul, because Paul, some things that Paul says, Paul says that he'll bless whom he'll bless, mm -hmm. and he'll curse whom he'll curse. Yeah. And folks, he's God. He's got every right in the world to do that. Mm -hmm. If he decided, hey, if he decided to curse me right now, being being one of his children, if he decided to curse me to hell right now, I could I I couldn't make an argument. He's God. He can do what he wants to. But his word tells me that ain't going to happen. His word, and that's what I got my faith in. That's what I got faith in is the word of God. Uh, folks, I've been preaching that God's the God of. <laughs> God of the living and not the God of the dead. And I've been preaching about everlasting life. Folks, uh, if, if God done that to one of his own children right now, would that not make God a liar? Now listen, he's still God and he can do whatever he wants to, but my Bible teaches that he will not do that. My Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should tell a lie. He cannot tell a lie. Jesus Christ didn't lie, never had guile in his mouth the entire time that he walked here. Why in the world would he go back on his word now? Yeah. He won't. Praise God for that. He won't. He's the God of the living. He's God over me. He's God over you. But it says for all live unto him. Whether they recognize it or not. Whether the lost recognize it or not. Whether they acknowledge it or not. Whether they like it or not. All live unto God. That includes me, you, every and every brother and sister in Christ that we have, and every lost person as well. Everybody, all live unto God. It's not narrowed down to just a few. It's not narrowed down to just Jew or just Gentile or just white or just black or just anybody else. All live unto God. Now, folks, next time you praise God, think about that. <coughs> Think about how he's the God of the living. Think about why you're praising him. It's because you have life. It's because he's given you that life. And it's because you was once dead, but now you're alive. And he is the God of the living. We can give praise unto God for that. I ain't instructing you when to praise or how to praise. I'm just saying, folks, there's all kinds of things that we can think about. Next time we lift up holy hands, this is something that we can think about. How we were dead, now we are alive. It's just like the prodigal son 
when he came back home and the and the older brother he came and said what what means all this noise what means this celebration and the father told him he said hey your brother who was dead is alive he was lost he's found he's here now praise God God was God over that young man he was God over the father he was God over that brother he was God over Lazarus and what we talked about just a little while ago. And he was God over that rich man who we talked about just a little while ago. All live unto God. 